Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm ready for the word. If you're ready, say amen again. If you're also ready, oh yeah, go ahead and clap. That's good. If you're also ready, let's turn to Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9. So great always to see all of your smiling faces. Amen. Couldn't have church without you. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 10. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto the disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Praise God. I want to preach on the subject, everybody needs Jesus. Can you say that with me? Everybody needs Jesus. Praise God. It is God's desire that everybody be saved. Everybody needs to be saved. Everybody should therefore desire to be saved. And anybody that desires to go to heaven has to be saved first. Nobody's automatically going to go to heaven. Nobody's going to die and wake up, uh, amen, in the next life and, and say, wow, my goodness. Look, I'm here. I didn't even want to go here. Didn't even think it. I didn't even try. Haven't prayed and went to church, read my Bible, and didn't give God the time of day, but woo, I'll take it. Nope. Ain't going to happen. Not good English, but not going to happen. Amen. This is a purposeful situation. This is a focused situation. Amen. Nobody's going to be surprised that they're in heaven. They tried, and they walked, and they gave it. They're all for God. John chapter 3, verse 17, For God hath not sent His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. The world in the context of is another way of saying the human race. 2 Peter 3, 9 said, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Paul said in 1 Timothy 2, 4, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Who's the who in that verse? God our Savior. He wants everybody to be saved. And that's why everybody should need Jesus. Everybody really needs Jesus whether they think they do or not. Jesus shed his blood and died for every single person. Jesus died, amen, that every single person on the face of this earth would have the opportunity to make the choice to be saved. 
Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. John 1, 29, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. He took it away so that we could be saved. But we need to see our need of salvation. Every human does. 1 John 2, 2. And he himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the whole world. That word atoning comes from the word atone. And it's very interesting, a little side note about that word. Before the 16th century, that word didn't exist. The word atone or atonement, amen. It was, it was a word that they had to come up with to describe a particular situation in the Bible of what God wanted people to do, amen, of how when people... Uh, who, who were this far from God, and you have God here. How do we get them together? And they came up with the word, amen. And you know how they did? They went and talked to some old Jewish Hebrew scholars and said, amen, what is the English equivalent for this word? And they said, we don't have one. Well, what does it mean, this process by which man, amen, and God are reconciled together, amen, where, they, where God bridges the gap with, first with the blood of animals in the Old Testament and then with the blood of Jesus Christ, his son in the New Testament. He said, well, the, the best way to describe it is two words. You, are, you become at one with God. And they said, hmm, at one. Take the word at and the word one. Atone. Amen. And that's how they came up with atone. Amen. When you, amen, feel your need of Jesus, and when you receive what he did for you on the cross, you become at one with God. You receive atonement in your life. Amen. And he didn't die just for everybody. Ain't one person, but every single person. We all need atonement. We all need to be at one with God. But we're not going to be, if there's a problem that's called sin in our lives that we don't take care of. See, though Jesus died for every single person and paid the price for all sins, salvation still has to be sought after and desired. Amen. Remember, our salvation comes only as a result of a choice that we have to make. Sadly, not every person desires to be saved. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. But see, if a person does not consider themselves to be lost, then they will not desire to be found. Everybody's played hide and go seek before, right? Amen. You on purpose go, find, go, go lose yourself so that someone can find you. Amen. But in this case, amen, if you don't think you're lost then you're not looking for someone to find you. Amen. And it reminds me of Luke chapter 15, where we have three parables in a row of different conditions of lostness. We have the lost sheep, we have the lost coin, and we have the prodigal son. Amen. 
And those three are very powerful indicators of, of lostness. Amen. The sheep knew he was lost, but he had no way to find home on his own. The shepherd had to go and find him and call his name. Amen. And bring him back to the fold with the 99 that were already there. The coin, amen, an inanimate object, it did not know it was lost. It was lost in the house. And folks, let me tell you something. One of the worst places to be lost is in the house. You say, well, I thought the best place to be is in the house of God. It is the best place to be. But when you don't think you're lost, and you are lost, and yet you can sit service after service, amen, and still not respond to what God has done for you on the cross, that's a dangerous situation. The coin didn't know he was lost. I don't want to be lost right here at heaven's door. Amen. I want to be receiving. I want to feel what God's got for me. Everybody needs Jesus, but we got to know where we're at. We got to be honest with ourselves and our heart. Praise God. Amen. When that woman lost that one of her ten coins, it was part of her dowry. It was very important back in those days. Amen. She, she lit a lamp. She got a broom. She started moving furniture. I'm finding that coin. Thank God for that woman. Thank God that she didn't want to allow. Amen. And you know what? Every time someone gets behind this pulpit and sings a song in the Spirit and teaches a lesson in the Holy Ghost or preaches on the anointing of God, amen, they are lighting a lamp and sweeping the floor and moving furniture and saying, hey, anybody out there that's lost, I got the solution. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He's the answer. Everybody needs him. But not everybody wants him. Praise God. So the lost sheep had to be found and brought back. The lost coin had to be sought after and found. And then there's the prodigal son. Amen. He was lost and he was away from the father. But he's the kind that you have to, he's got to come to himself. He's got to come to that, the, the realization on his own that he's far from God and he needs God. The father did not go after the son. He said, you know what? It'll only drive him further away. And some people are like that. You've got to be sensitive of who you're reaching for and where they're at. They might be a sheep. They might be a coin. They might be a prodigal son. You've got you to appropriately, amen, reach out accordingly, amen, with those different types of lostness. And this prodigal son, when he finally hit the bottom, when he finally sitting in the slop in the pig pen of life, and he said, you know what? I realized that I had it made and I need to go back to the Father. Amen. And he went back on his own. Amen. But he would have been lost if he wouldn't have turned his attitude around and came back to the Father's house. Amen. If a person does not desire to be saved, they will not look for a Savior. 
Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Amen. I don't want to say, well, this is what I think's right, and then I'm, I'm in bad shape. Amen. I got to go with what God says is right. You see, folks, not believing a fact does not diminish the, onteth, the authenticity of that fact whatsoever. You don't want to believe 2 plus 2 equals 4. Hey, more power to you. But you know what? That doesn't change the answer to the question. And you don't want to believe that Jesus is the answer to every life's question. Amen. And he is the answer to every equation. Praise God. That does that fine with, with me. If somebody wants to do that, that's sad. Amen. But you can't do anything about it. But it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is, amen, the answer. For everybody's life. Everybody needs him. <coughs> Even if they don't think so. Denying the existence of God has no impact on God's glory and power at all. Amen. Saying that the Bible's a joke or the Bible's made by a bunch of men or the Bible's this or the Bible's that or it's full of contradictions. I've heard everything under the book in the book on that. Praise God. It doesn't change the fact that it's the word of God and it's the life-giving power of God. Amen. And when you live it and when you breathe it and when you practice it, it'll work for you. But what it does do is put that person in a specific category according to the Bible. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. The fool. So the atheist, sadly, is a foolish person because they don't realize that God has put it out on a silver platter. What else can he do? And we got to receive it. Amen. Praise God. And sadly, the other thing it does is deprive that person of the chance to be saved because you have to want to be saved to be saved. God's not, you're not going to just be like jogging in the morning, yeah, and then God's going to just tackle you on and put you in a duffel bag and throw you in and you, you know, throw you at the altar. All right, this is another one. You know, just get saved. Uh, okay. Whatever you say. No. Amen. It's whosoever will. Praise God. The only way to be saved is to believe and embrace the Savior. Praise God. Our, our, our text passage, very interesting. Jesus sat down and ate with regular folks. He ate with people that, that the Pharisees and religious leaders looked down their nose at. And he, he just was breaking bread with them. Amen. Sinners. Publicans. Publicans were tax collectors. Very popular back in Bible times and even like IRS times today, not so popular. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, you don't want to, if somebody knocks on your door, hey, I'm from the IRS and you got, I got to audit you. All right, well, come on in. I've got a five-course meal for you. And, uh, you know, you're best, my best buddy. No. And so back then, they were looked down upon and Jesus was rubbing shoulders and eating with them. <gasps> How dare he? The Pharisees were astounded. They were shocked that he would even think about doing that, sharing a meal with those kind of riffraff of society. They would not be caught dead. You remember that Pharisee went, went to the, the house of prayer with the publican there? He didn't even want to be in the same house of God praying with that riffraff. Why is he here? He's messing up the whole atmosphere. No, he's the only one really getting through and you're a loser. 
Amen. But you, they didn't know it. He didn't know it. Amen. But they wouldn't cut. They would, and he said, why, Edith? They, you're a master with publicans and sinners. And when Jesus heard that, verse 9, chapter 12, chapter 9, verse 12, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what this, in other words, he said, hey, you guys think you know the Bible? Go learn what I'm telling you. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. What's he saying here? He's saying, basically, the reason I'm eating with them and not you is because you guys think you're okay. You guys don't need the doctor. You don't think you need the doctor. You guys don't need a savior. Amen. And so you think you're in good standing already? And you don't want me? You don't want my message? You don't want my sacrifice? And what I have to offer. But he said the people I'm eating with on the other hand. They're hungry. And they're thirsty. And they recognize their condition that they need salvation. And they have come to me for help. And for guidance. They're spiritually dead. And they know it. They embrace it. And they need to. They want to, be, they want to change. And whether the Pharisees realized it or not, they needed Jesus also. But they didn't want him. And because they rejected him and what he stood for, he told them, I'm not going to be able to help you. Oh, I thought God could help anybody. Nope. Amen. Mm -mm. He can't heal anybody, everybody either. <gasps> False doctrine, Pastor. No, you remember he went to his own hometown where he grew up, and the Bible said he could only heal a few folks because they said, hey, we grew up with this guy. You know, and that's what the Bible said, a prophet doesn't have honor in his own hometown. But he went down the road to a little town called Ai, amen, and the Bible said he healed them all. What's the difference? Not God having a bad day in his own hometown. Oh, no. Amen. It's people not seeing their need and not recognizing who is in their presence, who is in their midst. We got the healer in the house. We got the savior in the house. We got the comforter in the house. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He said, he was telling, basically telling the Pharisees, you guys think you're whole already, so you don't need the great physician. Amen. You guys think you're righteous already, so you don't need a savior. You don't think you're lost. You're not looking for God to find you and rescue you and help you like these publicans and sinners. You know, Luke chapter 7, verse 29, all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. Now, I'm letting them John baptize me. I'm already okay. We're just here to be spies, to get word back to the, you know, the home base of the Pharisee to see what this guy's up to, this John the Baptist. They rejected the counsel of God. He couldn't help them. The drug addict cannot be helped until he or she admits that drugs are controlling 
their life. The alcoholic cannot be helped until she or, me, she or he admits that they cannot even go a few hours, let alone a day, without a drink. The person that is lost in their sins cannot be saved until they truly understand and accept the condition of their heart and soul and seek for the only true God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. In John chapter 9, Jesus healed a man's eyesight who was blind from birth. It caused quite a stir amongst the people when they found out about this miracle. And as you can imagine, most people were thrilled and amazed by it. But not those pesky Pharisees. They were not amused because the fact that Jesus did another notable miracle in front of everybody really got them fired up. Amen. And they questioned everybody. They tried to put, put this kibosh on everybody's excitement. They questioned the blind guy. They questioned his parents. They questioned everybody. And then Jesus came back on the scene. In John chapter 9, 39, And Jesus said, For judgment I am coming to this world, that they which see not might see. And they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? And notice what he said. Jesus said unto him in verse 41, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Do you see these Pharisees were in bad shape? If you'll just say, Hey, I'm blind. I'm poor in the spirit. I'm naked in the spirit. I need God. Amen. Then you wouldn't have sin because you'd be reaching for the Savior and he'd wipe it all away and you'd be in good shape. But you say, I'm okay. I don't need you. We're good. We're, we're children of Abraham. Moses is our guy. All right. Sorry. Can't help you. Amen. So you say you see. You're telling me you don't desire what I have to offer. And because you... Because of that, you'll remain a sinner by nature. Oh, Pharisees, they were the man of the club. No, their hearts weren't right. You know, the seven churches of Asia Minor, they're talked about in Revelation 2 and 3. Many scholars believe that the churches were put in a particular order in the book of Revelation to represent a prophetic timeline of church history. The last church being the Laodicean church, which... When you look at what what is said about that church, it really, amen, uh, you know, shows kind of the parallel to what we're going through in these end times. Amen. And what we represent in our lives today in this world. Revelation 3, 14, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Amen. Sounds like the coin to me. Amen. It sounds like some people, they, you know, because lukewarm, you kind of, I'm thinking I'm okay. I don't need anything else. That's why he said, I wish you were really red hot. Then you, because when you're hot, you're hot. And then if you're not, you're not. I know that's a song, but you know, hey, whatever. Right? 
Because if you're not, you really know you're not. When you're stone cold, oh, yeah, I know I need God. And then you've got to do something about it. When you're red hot and fire, I'm on fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Woo! Okay, you're good. But then this is like, it's kind of in the middle. I can't feel nothing. Like a coin. Amen. So the only one he really gets down on is the lukewarm one. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth because the next verse, thou sayest, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Hey, Pharisees, that's one for you too. But notice the next verse, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesight, that thou mayest see that I'm the only hope for mankind. Amen. Everybody needs Jesus, but not everybody wants him. But folks, everybody needs Jesus. There's nobody in this world that's good enough on their own. There's nobody in this world that is sinless. There's nobody in this world that doesn't need help from the love from above. Romans 3, 10 says, as it's written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understand it. There's none that seek it after God. They're all gone out of their way. They're all together come unprofitable. There's none that do it good, no, not one. Boy, it sounds kind of meager. What he was just saying is, without God, like Jess said this morning, we can do nothing. Amen. It's by the grace of God. I I am what I am. Praise God. So that's what he's saying right here. Praise God. On our own, our own goodness, whatever level of goodness we think we have, on our own, our human goodness can't get us to heaven. Amen. We got to go on the blood of Jesus. We got to go on the Spirit of God. We got to go with the Word of God. <coughs> Amen. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've come short. You've come short. We've all come short. And if we don't make him our Savior, we'll fall short. But I thank God I'm looking at some faces of people. Amen. That they said they were blind one day. They said, amen, they were this or that. And Paul said, amen, yeah, we were this and we were that. And he said, such were, I like that, the way we were. Not the way we are. The way we were. Amen. Amen. But now you you're justified. Now you're sanctified. Now, amen, you are cleansed by the power of the name of Jesus and the spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there's a perception in, in a school of thought that religion is for the weak in mind and heart. That certain people cannot function. You know, hey, you're just weak, so you need religion. We're, we're strong studs over here, so we're, we're just paving the way, you know. Trailblazers over here, pioneers. You guys, you guys have your little measly religion. No. Amen. You know, that certain people can't function unless they use religion as a crutch to help them cope, get through life. Because they think we're just mean, mean, you put babies got to have all this prayer and you know people you know hugging you and come on it's going to be okay and here's this this is a little instruction book read it and it'll help you because you can't think on your own it works 
But that's the, that's the perception. They, they need Jesus too. They just don't know it. Amen. Praise God. That Religion is for the weak in mind and heart. No, it's not. Religion is really, you know, it's just the service and worship of God, a commitment or devotion to religious faith or observance. But sadly, religion has been hijacked and has morphed into something that has, was never intended it to be. Too many people have taken their eyes and focus off God and Jesus, amen, and focus on their religion. Well, you know how many times I do this and how many times I repeat that and how many times I read that off a paper that someone else wrote, amen. Oh, no, amen. This is all about my heart and my God, praise God. I got to get personal with them, praise the Lord. They think that going through the motions of their ritual will save them. But religion will not save anybody. Only Jesus saves. Even having a head knowledge of the Bible won't going to save you. you got to get it down in your heart. Praise God. Here's the Pharisees. I'm really beating up on the Pharisees. So anyways. But in John chapter 5, Jesus is going back and forth with the Pharisees. He said, search the scriptures. You guys know the scriptures backward and forth. Search the scriptures. Amen. In them you think you have eternal life. You think you do, but you don't. Amen. But you just read real close and you'll see all the way through. He said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. That was John 5, 39, I believe. Or it wasn't in my notes, but throw it in there for free. Amen. As I'm coming to a close here, praise God. Amen. Religion will not save anybody. Only Jesus saves. I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in salvation. I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in a a personal growing relationship with God himself. Amen. I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in the power of God manifesting my life and the lives of my loved ones and the lives of other people that I come in contact with. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4, Paul said, In my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Would you stand with me? So Paul said right there, I'm not preaching man's version of religion. I'm preaching salvation through the power of the Spirit of God. Salvation and a personal relationship with God is not just for the weak in mind and heart. It's for everybody. Salvation and a personal walk with God is not just a crutch to help me. It's my life. It's my legs. It's my arms. It's my ears. It's my eyes. It's my strength, my joy, my peace, my fulfillment. In other words, it's everything. When we sing that chorus, I feel him in my walk. I feel him in my talk. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my heart. I feel him all over me. God's not dead. Religion's dead. Ritual's dead. God's live. He's alive. We're lively stones. We're serving a living God. God said, I'm not the God of the dead. I'm God, the God of the living. Too many people have a bad taste in their mouth because of their experience with dead religion. And then they paint a broad brush to discount and look down on all, anything to do with God, with negative opinions. And sadly, the devil is part of that too. 2 Corinthians 4, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. 
lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. Praise God. So folks, everybody needs Jesus. And we are the body of Christ. We're not the whole body. We're part of the body. This whole world contains the whole body of Christ. It's a lot of people. Amen. And you know, how, how are we going to do it? If the devil's blinded their eyes, then that means we have a part to play. We got to be the salt of the earth. We got to be the light of the world. And we got to tell them. And we got to show them. Romans chapter 10 said, How then shall they call on them in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And folks, not just the ministers are preachers. Every believer is a preacher. Every one of you is a teacher and a preacher of, in, in a way. You can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. He didn't say only ministers can do that. He said believers can do that. So I'm telling you, you can use, be used by God in the Word to help someone and show them of their need of Jesus. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, sadly. For Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Those people aren't coming to church to hear the word. So you know what? You're going to be Jesus to them. Jesus is going to use you. You're going to show some word to them. Amen. You, amen, through prayer and being a lady of the Spirit, let God use you to touch people. Amen. Praise God. The life-changing message of death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is it? Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what we are to trumpet on the housetops. Amen. Praise God. And I'm just going to close with this, folks. Unlike the devil who will try to run roughshod over people and try to force himself on people, Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He's not going to make you desire him. Jesus won't force love, but he'll call, he'll knock, he'll reach, and it's up to us to willingly open. My last verse today, Revelation 3.20. It was at the end of the Church of the Laodiceans, what we just read earlier. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's your heart's door. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him. In other words, eat with him, spiritually speaking, and he with me. Folks, heaven awaits those who open the door to the Savior and allow him to come in and stay in and make whatever changes he wants to make. We say, well, I'm the landlord. It's my heart. Yeah, but you might be the landlord, but who owns the property? Well, I thought the landlord owns the property. No, who made the property? Uh, okay, you got me on that one. Amen. So the creator is allowing you to be the landlord and the caretaker of your heart 
but you got to let them in. Amen. And I'm hearing some knocks. I'm hearing the still small voice. Let me in. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray. We praise you, Lord. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody, God. Lord, break the cycle of the spirit of the Pharisees that are out in this world that don't think they need anybody. They're good enough. They got it all under control. Nobody does, Lord. They might think so. God, we don't want it to be too late for anybody because you're not willing that any should perish. You want everybody to be saved. Oh, God, let people see their need of Jesus. We pray this prayer. And Lord, most of all, use us to be a witness, to share our personal testimony of how you brought us out of the miry clay, to set our feet on the rock this day, how you brought us out of the darkness into your marvelous light, and how they need to experience that as well. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.